0: This is the Dive Bomb Squadcast, presented by Dive Bomb Industries. What's up everyone, welcome back to the Dive Bomb Squadcast, I'm your host Asher Tolliver. Today I am joined by a very special guest. Unless you have been living under a rock, you have heard the famous catchphrase, didn't go 20, by the incredible hunting parody alter ego, Rut Daniels. While everyone in the hunting community knows Rutt, they may not be quite as familiar with the man behind the character, Mr. Bud Fisher. We are joined on the phone right now by the man of the whitewashed jeans, fanny pack, flowing mullet, and yellow lens, sunglasses. Bud, great to have you on. Thanks for joining me today, man.
1: Joshua, yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm
0: excited to be on the Squadcast. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. Where are you joining me from today?
1: I'm up in uh, Lakefield, Ontario, Canada. It's just outside of Peterborough, about an hour and a half north of Toronto. Uh, I grew up here in Peterborough, and uh, myself and uh, a few business partners and friends are here in the office in Lakefield.
0: Awesome! How's the early spring trading? You guys still iced in, or are you thawing out
1: yet? No, we, um, in the bush, in the woods, we've got a um, couple feet of snow in a couple areas. It depends, honestly, where we are. If you go an hour south, there's no snow. If you go an hour north, there's two you know, two feet of snow. So, um, two weeks ago, I was ice fishing, um, doing, doing a wet video. There was 20 inches of ice, and it was plus temperatures. It was like 62 degrees, and you get just a few days every year that are just awesome like that. You're like basically in a T-shirt on 20 inches of ice. And it's, and it's awesome. And then you get into that messy mountain, know, shattered and everything where we're at right now. So I've, I've been itching to get out and shed hunt and find some antlers, but where I hunt, there's still too much snow to be able to go and, go and do that yet. So, um, but there's, there's some, there's some open water out right there now in some areas depends on current and stuff like that. So what's your favorite type of fish to pull through the,
0: uh, through the hard water? Oh, man. You know what? I love oh, brook trout.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've never caught a real big lake trout, um, so, so that's hard for me to say. They're a ton of fun because they fight they fight really, really well. Um, we have big walleye in Bay of that's only an hour and a half from me, like world-class 10-pound walleye. It's unreal there. So we're really, really fortunate to have that. But if I was to... Gosh, I don't know. I just have this thing for, it's like, a, it's like a green head. There's just something about it that you can't explain for a trout that, I don't know, man, we, there. that's probably, that would probably be it. They're not the biggest, but they're just awesome. And they, yeah, yeah, that, that's my, yeah, that's my thing. You know,
0: I've so. never ice fished. I, I love fishing. Fishing was, was one of my first loves and I'm doing a lot of it right now crappie fishing. I know people that listen, they always hear me talk about live scope and I'm sure they're completely tired of it. Except for the guys that think It's cheating with the fish TV. List. I don't care. I love it. I, when it comes to fishing, I like catching, not fishing. And the live scope is pretty awesome. Yeah. I to say, you can see them. You, you can't make them eat it, but uh, right, we right. certainly have a leg up, but you know, I've never That's done guys fishing, you know, but it looks oh. awesome, man. It looks, these guys are pulling these fish they're as big as the hole, and they're coming through there, and they're holding them up. And I'm thinking, how do they even get that thing through that, through that it, little it, hole? These big old like Pike, and uh, these giant, giant, giant uh, walleye that they're pulling through the ice, and I'm just blown away. Now, what are those little um, – I mean, I, I don't know just a ton about electronics, but what is that a little electronic there that everybody sets on the ice? Is that their little – fish finder type of deal? Has it got some kind of thing yeah. on it? Or
1: uh, Yeah, it's I've a flasher. Some, Are you okay. talking about the circular one? It's, yep, a, it's yep. a flasher. I mean, I yeah, nothing about it, man. But I see okay, him sitting you-
0: by those holes all the time.
1: Yeah, like I've got a Garmin that I, can, that I can go onto a body of water in my boat and I can um, like, um, live trace, I forget, I forget what it's called, but I can trace the, the bottom um, and then go back to those spots with GPS using the Garmin. Okay. And then I can set it up split screen where I've got traditional sonar and one of and flasher on the other. And the reason that people use the flasher is it's uh, a little bit faster. And it's, uh, and you can see it in real time a little bit better. So when you're, when you're playing with a fish that's being finicky, it's okay. just a little bit, a little bit better. And I'm not like a purist and I'm not any of that. I normally look at like the, you know, the traditional, uh, sonar, but, um, that is just a little bit better. And it's kind of this ice fishing thing that, um, the guys that use the flasher, but I'll tell you something. If, if you, I, I'd love to have you up here, real great ice fishing up here and it will, tear you up. You're going to get, really? picked, pun intended, it is un. it is it'll change your life. Wow. It will. hate to say it, but it, it is so much fun.
0: You know, the thought, the thought for me is like <clears throat> what, what kind of messes me up though is I know when I go crappie, there's sometimes I go to my favorite spot mm-hmm. and it might not produce, you know, and then I might have to yeah. put the big yeah. motor on and go to another spot. There's sometimes I do yeah. stop at two or three spots before I start catching fish. That's what goes to my mind when I see these guys going out and setting up shop in this one spot is, are you, because I know like crappie, typically I'm looking for like structure or I've got a big mm-hmm. brush pile or a stake bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? You I mean these guys are pulling these big trailers out and drilling out four or five holes and they got their TVs and playing Xbox yeah. and these things. It's like crazy. Yeah. What if they're not there? Yeah. I mean, are you just well, sitting there was, on was, no fish or you, you picked yeah, okay. up the move? I, I need you to explain that so, to me a little Yeah, bit. yeah. So so
1: I can put it in a duck hunting context maybe. Okay. There's guys that like to go out to their same blind every time. Okay. It doesn't matter the time <laughs> of year. It doesn't it doesn't matter if yeah. it's flooded or not flooded, if there's no food. They go there, and they sit there and they grill breakfast with their buddy and they don't care. Okay. Well well that's what we see with those permanent huts. Guys will pull it out with their sled okay. and they'll they'll drive it out, they'll set up, they drill one hole, and the most important thing that they can bring with them is their cooler. Right? And you, <laughs> and you've got and I know I know guys that have like cots and they have cable, like they, they have satellite TV and yeah. they like, they go, yeah, they go out for the Very weekend. And they're like, honey, there might as well be a hotel, right? That they, they go out there. When I go, I'm, yeah, I, I don't do that. I go out and I go to an area where I think the fish are going to be based on uh, the structure, like you said, based on the time of year and what sure. they're going to be eating and whether or not those weeds are, are still there, if they they died off because of the snow conditions or any of that. But so you find a spot, and then I will go with my power auger and sometimes drill twenty holes and drop it down and see if I can see any structure. I, I have a, uh, a camera as well that I'll drop down with okay. a screen on it. I can see what's going on, and sometimes I'll be you know looking for uh, rainbow trout like last ice where you'll go out and that's the best time to catch catch big ones, and you'll actually jump over um, open water to get onto the ice to go out. Now, like you're wearing a floater suit, like you're wearing a floater suit for safety. You've got a spike to smash into the ice to make sure that you're good. And you really need to know, you really need to know your body of water if you're going to do that. You, you know, you need to be on a certain amount of ice, you need to know that there's no current or there's no um, uh, springs coming up that'll soften the ice. And so, and typically I'm only in, you know, four to five feet of water at that time of year anyways. So if you're doing that, then you go out, you drop it down, and you see a school of a hundred perch. It's like, oh, let's go! It's go time. So, so you're drilling, you're doing a bunch of holes, and you're and you're bouncing around depending on depending on the species. Like you might fish a hole for ten minutes and then and then move on, and then find some piece of structure that's producing, just like you would when you're crappie fishing. And then you and then you you sit there. But yeah, it's it's so much fun, man. It is, it's awesome. And you go out and and it's beautiful and you're ripping on you know on trails with a sled with a trailer behind it with all your gear and yeah yeah really awesome. the whole experience sounds cool you need to come and do it it's awesome it's down. awesome i'd be down
0: now naturally our listeners are waterfowl hunters but most are also year-round outdoorsmen that like to fish turkey on chase yeah. and game i know you're a, a well-rounded outdoorsman as well so I want to take it back to well, you. But... Well, rounded is a
1: little generous. <laughs> I like to try a lot of things. That? <laughs> can you, can you tell us about
0: your, your, just tell us about your hunting background and how it all got started? Who lit that fire and uh, where, where your oh, passion my... came from? I'll
1: um, well, I'll, 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 take it back right to my, my dad and his, his father. Um, they, they duck hunted together a little bit. Um, However, it was a this is very indicative of where we come from. Um, opening day, they put a canoe in at a certain spot at a lake near us every year. They'd paddle the canoe into the bull rushes and they pass shoot mallows on opening day. And that was the only hunting that my dad did with his father, and it was just that would go out. And, he, you know, he said, every once in a while, we'd kill one, too. <laughs> right? Like, uh, and so he, he, he would go and do that. My, my mom's side of the family, though, the Robinsons up um, here in, in Ontario, they are everything outdoorsman, meat hunters through and through, hilarious stories in the hunt camp. That's what a lot of the catching deer's lifestyle stuff is built around is that camaraderie in the camp. It's constant laughs. You might shoot something, might not. It's like, if it's got, if it's got horns, you're shooting it. Um, but but they, they don't really do, or most of them don't really do waterfowl. And I wasn't really introduced to waterfowl early on. I was uh, like you. I was fishing whenever I could. Um, my mom had a friend that had a house on a lake, and I was constantly begging her to go and have coffee over at Diane's place when I was eight years old so I could cast off the dock, right? And and Ontario, it's, it's unfortunate here. I don't necessarily agree with the way that they structure things here. You can become a, an apprentice hunter at the age of 12. So, you know, a lot of... Down in Kentucky, I mean, our uh, my brother's property manager in Kentucky, his little girl shot her first deer at three years old, so she so she's hooked for life. And you know, my my son, if I'm going to get him, you know, shooting a gun at a deer, he's going to be already right into video games and stuff with his right. buddies. So so it makes it makes hunter recruitment uh, challenging. I know they do it for for safety, but you know, I'd, I'd, I'd that's suggest... Gosh, yeah, that's yeah. I I I too suggest yeah yeah That
0: took my kid to duck blinds five yeah that's too
1: late 12 yeah geez. yeah and and now i i'm i'm allowed to legally take take my boy in the duck blind and i do but he can't be no 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 he no he can't so so yeah it's it's i think it's too late but um anyway so that being said i I went sat on my dad's lap when they were you know running dogs through the bush and and you know i had some early memories there but i wasn't that involved and so i didn't really have a passion for it and i played i played um, I played hockey a lot when I was young, so I did a lot of fishing in the summer. I was playing hockey in the fall and the winter. Um, but my parents bought 100 acres when I was about 16, and that got me into, into deer hunting a lot because um, I, got, I got a bow with my, my two brothers. We each bought a bow, and at 16, uh, I, got, I got right into, I got the deer hunting bug so much that I had to go and get my hunting license, which is a weekend course in, in Ontario, and you do your firearm safety. And I had to send in some documentation and references and stuff to get my gun license. I didn't do it till I was 25, 26 years old because I just wanted to bow hunt white tails all the time. I was tore up with it. And then, um, a friend of mine, when I finally did I'm like, oh, I got to get my, my gun license. I did it when I was 25, like 10 years ago, maybe. And right around that time, my friend said, you've got to come duck hunting with me. You're going to love it. And I was like, I don't really have any desire to shoot a duck. I just don't. And I went with them and we went on a coverage in, in Ottawa, and it was a public land opener, um, you know, like um, Vietnam type, <laughs> like, guns, guns blasting everywhere. We might have shot, we might have shot a deck, we may not have. Um, and I, and it was just okay for me, like it was just kind of fine. And um, and then I, I did that a few times. And I remember one hunt that I really, really enjoyed. And this may, may have been a turning point for me, but I was in Ottawa. The, the, you may have hunted there, you may have not, but I've heard that Ottawa Valley, where I moved for 10 years and I was living there at this time, is apparently the largest staging you know, area of cannery geese in North America. And, and I believe it because there's some, some massive, massive groups of canneries there. And so that was the best hunting that, that we could do around. And I went with... Um, a friend of mine and, and Capital Waterfowl, and we were all we all became buddies from from that hunt. But the first ever first ever flock that came in came in and did it right. Like they did it awesome. They 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 just were kind of floating into the dekes, and then we all you know. We all <laughs> popped up blast and they were kind of backpedaling. And I went, I, Asher, I went three for three on my first group of um, of Canada's, and I thought to myself three things. I said, one, that was awesome. Two, this is easy. And three, I am good. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I've done a lot of hunting since. And one of those is right. It was awesome, but it it is not easy, <laughs> and I am not good. <laughs> so turning so, um, point for you, huh? right, I think yeah. That's when
0: you said, "All right, yeah. this is actually pretty freaking sweet."
1: Yeah, that was you know, like even you know, elk hunting or turkey hunting. When they do it right, it's like, oh my goodness, that's why people love this, right? And so yeah, so I, I kinda got I kinda got the bug and I got into doing those field hunts for cameras, big big spreads field hunt for cameras there. And then um, and then I started, you know, doing, you know, duck boat kind of local stuff and now it's to the point where I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. I the last two the last two years, it took until probably a year ago for me to finally admit because I was so like, I don't even need a, I don't even need to own a gun. I just want to bow hunt forever. Right, I man. had that, that mentality for so long that it was hard for me to admit Asher, but I finally admitted a year ago that if I was to only do one thing, all will It would be waterfowl. No way. I was yeah, going to ask you what's, yeah. your,
0: what's your favorite type of game to chase. So
1: I, that's I, it. I can't and, believe and... that
0: from a guy that was so hardcore, such a hardcore bow hunter is so uh, it doesn't it, and started waterfowl so late, you know, in life. That's great.
1: Uh, yeah. That's crazy. It doesn't even feel, it doesn't even feel right coming out of my mouth. It feels like a sin <laughs> where I grew up and with my family that I grew up in, it feels like a sin, but I'm telling you, I just, I am just tore up with it. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. And there's nothing, and there's nothing better than just than just green heads doing it right.
0: Dude, we've got to, we've got some buddies that are out West we got to get you on these little like skinny creeks that you can literally jump across with green heads. Yeah. The,
1: <laughs> dude, you I've watched her do heads. it. Like in the, you were I don't the know love. where it was in the snow. Yeah. You had one. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's unreal. Our buddies, we got a buddy, Kurt Johnson out there. Got Jeff McEvers and, just absolutely amazing
1: little spring. Name name the date. I'll do it on my kid's birthday or my anniversary or Christmas day. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Now, yeah. I mentioned
0: um, you're a hockey player. You've got a brother, yeah. Mike, yeah. He's a retired, what, like 17 year veteran in the NHL, former captain
1: of the Predators. Yeah.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your hockey career?
1: yeah yeah you google it you won't find as much as you <laughs> will on my uh i played college hockey in connecticut at a university called quinnipiac university yep, right. um i played yeah i played four years there oh yeah because you were in, in long island for a bit right yep, yep yeah so i can from the arena at quinnipiac i can look out and see long island sound wow. and so we were right like, close to, to new haven where, yeah we were in a really cool spot and i loved that four years was was awesome um really enjoyed that and then um I went and played in the East Coast League briefly after um, you and I. You know, very very similar story. You know, big big professional uh, <laughs> professional athletes. <laughs> I played um, two weeks in the East Coast League on a salary of five hundred dollars a week. So naturally, when I retired, I didn't have to worry about money, Asher, and I could just <laughs> <laughs> me too. That was my minor league baseball career. <laughs> <laughs> just hunt for the rest of my life. That's you know? right. But no, Mike says Mike because he played in the NHL for like seventeen or eighteen years. When he describes my hockey career, he said, "Oh yeah, buddy, had a cup of coffee on the coast." <laughs> so, so oh, I did man. that. I, I played. I was a goalie. I played in the East Coast League for like two weeks. I think I didn't even have a, a start there. And then I and then I got a, a career in sales, and I was in sales in like finance, and then in software, and you know, I was like writing business plans on companies to start in the outdoor space. And I just desperately wanted to be in this like all the time. And so I basically gave up on it and catching deers fell in my lap. Um, okay. And and it's been just an absolute wild ride ever since. Yeah. It sounds like a God thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it, yeah. It is 100% a God thing to the point where it's, you know, sometimes I just ask, how, what is going on right now? The catch and deers and the wet Daniel stuff stuff, I can't explain it. Well, I've got to ask so. you, going back to your hockey career, um, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you and Mike got in a fight on the ice, what's going to happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, how big of a uh, guy are you, bud? Oh, I'm like 5'11", 180 at your Mike pl- six, six, Mike six? Mike played at like six he's got like 30. Size on you. Two inches and 30 pounds but maybe on maybe you, if also. You stuff
0: and you leave your helmet on, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've, we've boxed. We've boxed uh, one time. Oh, no, a little bit more than one time. But I, I took some boxing lessons and stuff when I was younger and we boxed, and I know what I'm doing. Boxing and he doesn't, and he broke my nose. So that's a start. Um, also, he's got something like thirty career fights in the oh, NHL, so he's, and I—he he was kind of a
0: not a yeah enforcer, but yeah. he's kind of a fighter, huh? Was he like a Ty Doll? Yeah, guy? yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Ty would have tuned him. Ty <laughs> would have tuned him.
0: But he didn't him a hard
1: left over the top. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I was a little guy too, spot. man. Oh, he is, yeah. Like and he was Bulldog, fighting you like know, Bobby, but yeah, but he was yeah. fighting like Bob Probert and guys like that. Yeah. Is that a good so fighter? I mean, Mike was, yeah, he is, well, is he yeah, he is a good fighter. fighter? fighter. Just cause he's, yeah, he's so just pound for pound, he's
0: fight, fight
1: him. He's, you sh- of him you should, you should, yeah, he's got some good tails. But Mike's got this like switch, you know, and when this switch goes off, like he's just, yeah, he, yeah. He's so calm all the time, and then he gets into fight mode, and yeah, you're done. But awesome. I, I don't know. I like to think as a brother, I can't just say he beat me up. Like, I'd stand in there, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what, am supposed to, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> That's, right.
0: That's awesome. Now, mm-hmm. he's he's also married to country music star Carrie Underwood, correct?
1: That's right, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they've been married for, gosh, I don't know, it'll be 12, 11, 12 years, something this summer. Yeah, really little well. while. pretty yeah. cool, yeah. Do you got
0: any other things? Yeah. Well, you, I was going to say, do you have any other siblings? But you mentioned your two other brothers, so you, it sounds like uh, there's three of you, total, correct? So, so no, there's, there's four. So, so oh, okay.
1: Rob is, is my oldest brother. He's here with me um, locally. We do a lot of hunting together. Um, and uh, he's the oldest, then Mike, and then my sister Meredith, who was here locally like a couple of weeks ago. She moved down to Nashville, Tennessee. So, she's down in Nashville with, uh, with her family and with Mike and Carrie and then... I uh, myself, I'm the youngest. So I guess I'm a class clown, which explains a lot of the red, the red stuff.
0: So you're going to be moving down to Nashville, or are you staying up there?
1: No, I don't know. I don't know. I love it down there, so but I also I'm down there. there. I'm down there a lot. Like I'm down there once a month anyways or something they, like they that. So to come down there.
0: You need to move down. Oh, here, yeah. Come on. You need to move here. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. I get the, I get, I get the bribes. If you come down, <laughs> you can be a part of a duck club for free. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they, they try to get me down there, but I don't know. Like best family's here. My, you know, half my family's here and I grew up here. And there's so much to do, Asher real close. Like we're super blessed nothing is well not nothing most things aren't world class where we are but my goodness you can be you can be awesome while fishing bay of corny um, an hour and a half in the summer i can be salmon fishing on lake ontario in an hour and a half you can be jigging for big lake trout catching pike and musky and then in the waterfowl you go up to ottawa it's three hours away you get, um, the, the snow goose migration, you get, or the, um, you get snow goose there, you've got the, um, Canada's that are, that are loaded up in, in Ottawa. I go the other way and I've got really, really good duck hunting with like Luke Shurders at Wingside Wildshooters mm-hmm. and, and he has an awesome setup. So we smash ducks with him there. And then we've got deer here and we've got awesome turkey hunting and it's like I do not have to go far at all and I've got all of it. Of yeah. And and what we you know, what we do with that is like I'm I'm going. Like 52, 52 weekly videos a year yes. would have do Something. And so if I was if I was in a place where it's like you have awesome elk hunting and you'll do hunting but, but other than that yeah. then, then you're you know, that's a that's a tough stretch. So yeah, anyway, that's that'd be
0: a lot of traffic. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Hey, I gotta ask you. Yep. You kept talking about um, the big Canada goose hunting there in Ottawa, which I'm gonna say, geez, I, I'm not sure, I'm not convinced that there's really anywhere better based on my experience out there the last three years. But what do you think about the guys that call them Canadians?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can call you can call them whatever. It you make want you go cross-eyed that, whenever true. you see yeah them. yeah. Whenever hear some Americans <laughs> yeah. say, so, "Man, we got a bunch of Canadians on a pond over here."
1: Yeah, it's like, who? Hey, I might know them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not. Guys, stop, stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was a commercial there was a commercial here we, we, you know Canadians are the you know the, the, the younger brother like the little the little country but the north right and so we have these like Canadian beer commercials sure. and they, they sometimes they make fun of Americans and you know these I am Canadian commercials and one of them was um, the screen goes oh you're from Canada I know a guy from Canada, his name's Glenn, he lives in an office, and the guy looks at him, he's obviously the Canadian, And goes, oh, office Glenn, he's dead. (laughs) And the girl's like, what? Uh, Yeah, it was a great, it was a great commercial, but,
0: yeah, Uh, Completely unrelated, I I don't watch this stuff, but it was impossible to miss with the media coverage. What are your thoughts on... Uh, Will Smith slapped her around the world the other night at <laughs> <in> the Oscars. <laughs> oh, we're getting into that, are we, yeah,
1: sure. Okay, so I I'll to get that. I mean, I just—I
0: always when I pull my phone up, so I've got to hear—I've got to hear what you think about it, man.
1: Well, my first thought was, why did you slap him? If you're gonna like, if you're gonna hit him, you gotta—you gotta, Let them you gotta them. punch him. Let him have it. Go <laughs> to stand up. He doesn't know it's coming. You got to square up and let him know I'm about to rock you. And then you punch the man, you know, like that was a sucker slap. He was not ready for it. <laughs> but I, I said, look, um, yeah, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous because I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the comedy space with the Rhett Daniels and catching Deers And I, I, I didn't think that that warranted a physical response. And then my guy, like. Chris Rock, come on. Right, yeah, he's a comedian. He's doing his job. So so I had a problem with that. And then it's like, this is this goes without saying. But, well, like, you got a problem with it, you, you, you pull the guy over after and say, I got a problem with you, and that was wrong, and you're going to apologize to my wife right now, and you're never going to talk to her again. You know what I mean? Like, you, 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 deal, you deal with it, yeah, not like that. No. Anyway, but and then I saw some stuff too on on social media where it's like, if you don't understand that what Chris Rock did was violence, then you're an idiot. It's like, what? Oh Chris Rock told, yeah. So, the, so they're trying to justify a physical response or saying that his his joke was violence. And it just, you know what? It gets me. It gets me angry and and fired up. And whether or not you agree that that the joke was too far, there's always going to be jokes that are too far. You start to censor comedy. Then, then you lose the ability to, you know, introduce truths into, you know, into certain things in a lighter way, and you're gonna, you're gonna lose a lot. Comedy is very important for for culture, and one of the things I look at is I, I think the Babylon Bee is just absolutely hysterical, um, and, and their their satire of of the the, you know, political landscape right now is just awesome, and they've been, they've been um, you know silenced by by twitter and by mm-hmm. everybody else mm-hmm. um by saying they're, they're not actually satire and one of the things that they one of the things that they quoted as misinformation an example that they quoted on misinformation why they should be shut down is that they had a post that said cnn purchases new industrial sized laundry so they can better spin the news <laughs> and, and it's like they were trying to say that that was misinformation oh it's like guys it's obviously a joke relax wow. relax but uh yeah back to the will smith thing i've been loving the memes i did not oh, yeah. love you know obviously his response but really way I, I i you know did a screenshot of you know the apple music listening to um, getting jiggy with it by Will Smith, and I put, <laughs> I saw and I put this song still slapped. <laughs> <laughs> so I had I had to I had to chime in on the uh, on the meme game as well. oh, yeah. oh that's
0: funny. Yeah, I know Dave Boy mm. with with Barstool. You know, some people are still saying it staged because the ratings have completely tanked. You know, they're saying, it oh yeah. Dead. I mean, I think it was definitely totally legit based on their actions But it's, well, yes, I don't, I don't care and, anything and about how- Hollywood and what they stand for but it certainly right. has been entertaining for the last few oh, years i'll tell you that, oh, tell you yeah, that. For sure. oh, i agree <laughs> with you I, I think i think the same type of thing it kind of made me think of baseball there was things that happened between players and managers that player uh, they don't like it or the manager didn't mm-hmm. like it but you don't and i'm sure the same thing applies in hockey basketball football like you don't sh- you don't show each other up that's a that's a big deal mm-hmm. you don't show each other up. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. You don't do that in front of the public. What you do is when the game's over, you go in his office, you close the door and you hash it out and you come out of it. And that's, that's that, you know, and I agree. Like what you said in the beginning, like you, you don't make yourself look like an ass in front of the whole world. You say, Hey, that's enough. Like she has a condition. We're going to come over here and apologize. If you don't apologize, then we can go outside and do what we yeah. need to do. Uh, yeah. Off, off, camera and we can settle it that Mm. way or you can tell you're sorry and never do it again and it would have been totally worked out and you could tell them you know that they probably would have issued a public apology but i thought the thing was just
1: just i'll tell you asher we've talked about sports and we both got we both got kids and i i want my you know my kids to be in sports and that's one of the reasons why is because you learn the code and you learn to respect the code or there's consequences. And you also learn that there is something more important than your emotion at that time. Yep. And if you play competitive sports, you learn that I, I better rein this in or I'm going to lose a game for my team here. And, and you learn those types of lessons. So when that comes up in life, you're like, I'm going to bite my tongue here. But later on, we're going to have, you you know what I mean? You You learn learn that that code, you learn that discipline, you learn to manage your emotions, even when it gets hot. You know what I mean? That stuff's also important that even if my little boy says, no, I just want to duck hunt with you, daddy. I'm going to say, no, you're you're playing hockey. One, you're going to try it once, right? If you hate it after the first year, we'll quit, we'll do something else. But I want you to, I want you to try these different things. And because, you know, I, I want you to go out and I want you to give it a go. And whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball, whether it's soccer, whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to try this. Um, and we're going to try a bunch of different things. And, and at some point, you'll find something that you fall in love with. And it, yeah.
0: So I don't think there's any stronger life lessons that are learned between the freaking lines of a playing field. You could not convince yeah. me otherwise. Let's get back on track before we go down the yes. hole. The man who <laughs> coined the famous catchphrase, didn't go 20, the loinsmith Rut Daniels. But can you tell us the story behind this hilarious alter ego and how Rut came to be?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, um, yeah i wish i wish the the rut stories was are or, as organic as the catch and deer story where buddy buddy came into the hunt camp with a case of beer and said y'all catch anything and we <laughs> made the hats we made the hats to make fun of them and we're like these things are awesome and we you know we made more and people bought them and we started the company and started the content and that was all so organic the thing with rut is that a couple of my business partners, uh, we, we were big into the media, right? The Catch and Doors, we were doing videos like Most Famous Hunting Story, where it was a name drop, um, of all of these different names um, it was the Harold night before the opener and I was Kendall Jones and to get into the Dr. Grant Woods when my alarm clock was a John Dudley and I suffered right <laughs> on through you, you know that kind of thing um, yeah, I didn't see anything in, in, until a couple of um, Cody Robbins and Dean Partridge were wrestling up the leaves and that stepped Colorado Bucket. he was a John I almost dropped a Ted Mugent my Cam Haynes you know that that kind of thing and then we did um, we did the uh, what was it um, the vegan Hunter, where he's like shooting vegetables and all that stuff, and we were we were creating all of this content. And at the at at the time, what happened? What was recognized very much by by uh, my business partners, Ryan Hawkins, and we thought I give them all the credit on on hey, this is what direction we need to go with our media. They said they they came to Austin to me and said. What we're doing is great, but we want to we want to separate the the Catch and Deers brand. It will always be lifestyle. It will always be fun and lighthearted. But we want to separate it out from comedy. We don't want our apparel brand to be comedy, right? And and I think what we can do is that we can um, do our comedy that points back to the Catch and Deers brand, and we can do that via an alter ego. So then we start to talk about okay, we can have we can embody. That comedy that we want to do, that's us, that's representative, that's a caricature of the hunting experience, right? You know, you go to the you go to the fair and somebody's drawing caricatures, and if they draw me, they draw a massive chin. It doesn't really look like me, but I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so me, right? <laughs> because of the big you know, because the big chin and all all this stuff. And so that's kind of what red is. It's over the top and it highlights all of these big, you know, big things in a way that's exaggerated and funny but then what's what's interesting about it is so many people are like oh my gosh that's you right to their to their friends so it's relatable in that sense and that's what we that's what we wanted to do we wanted to represent uh in a relatable way what hunting is to us and do it in a light and in a fun way and remind people hey Hunting is fun and hunting is meant to be a good time with your friends. And, you know, you get the lines, then that's awesome as well. You get the big buck great, but it doesn't have to always be that. It doesn't always have to be limits. Um, and just, just go out and have a good time. And so what we did is we started playing play with, okay, how can we represent that most effectively within our brand of, of catching beers? And, and then, um, we came up with, uh, the name of Matt Daniels, we made a trip to a like a not a pawn shop, but like a secondhand shop, and found a bike glove, and found a found a fanny pack, and we had a we had a rig and we honestly found those glasses that like they were like um, I remember going, I remember this. My goodness, this is a few years ago. But I, I there was only one bike glove. There was um, oh no, there was two. There was two. There was two bike gloves, and they were both left handed. I went up to the cash, and they were like they were like three dollars. They were like four dollars, and I said. I like, you know how they have like the little, you know, uh, tag, the little plastic tag? Like sure. I, I said, these are, these are both left-handed. I don't want them both. I only want one. So I tell you what, I'll take one, I'll give you two bucks for it. Right? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> you know, it's like a dollar or something for the glasses or whatever. And then, you know, got these skinny jeans at, at Walmart or whatever it was. and um, the, we had a lot of discussions about what we wanted to represent and how we wanted to do that and what type of content we were going to create, um, who we wanted this character to kind of, to, to be in a broad sense. And then when that wig and that fanny pack went on, what just came out. Like, it was like, there's no way to describe, like, it just went, like, you look in the mirror with like the jacket and everything. And, and, and just kind of, you know, Rhett was Rhett was I think you know Rhett's like hiding in that fanny pack he just he just came out and so it was remarkable to, yeah to us is, is how quickly people um kind of related with with that character and uh, and what I like about that about that character a lot about Rhett, is that there's not a lot of like what's what's a, a self proclaimed um pro you know yeah but there's never any really pressure to be, to be that, um, you know, so, so the, the pressure is to go and, and to have a good time and just to represent hunting in a, in a good lighthearted way. And, and that makes it a lot of, a lot of fun for us to go and do. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's what, what I love about it and kind of feels so pure in a sense about it, right. Is, you know, people were coming, I did a, uh, we did a, um. Perch fishing video guys were like oh my gosh she keeps smaller perch than you <laughs> but at the end of the day like we grilled it up and we had lunch with it um, and it's like yeah they do not have to be giants i don't mean to have an outfitter on lake erie and catch you know like pound and a half uh, yellow perch right like i we just have to go and have a good time and make people make people laugh yeah that's important it has to be relatable and consistent it's Rhett's love of being outdoors that that really it really drives it so amazing
0: i think what's great about it is it's it's so funny and it's so just raw off the cuff but it's also still like respectful for the sport and in the game that we're trying to pursue it's like this it's like a perfect blend between those two things now how were you the one that I mean, have you yeah. always been the funny guy? Where I mean, how were you the one to, to get the black glove and the fanny pack and the tight jeans? I mean, was this have you always been that guy in camp that those funny one liners that are just come off the top and you just got people rolling? I mean, was this was this made for you or is this something oh, that, gosh. that I mean
1: I don't know. That's a tricky one. Like you can tell maybe through the, through the conversation that I'm not always a clown. Um, I like to be that. I like to, you know, I, I would say yes, to a certain extent that is, that is my personality, especially, especially when you get into a hunt camp and it's loosey goosey. I mean, that's what you
0: come up with so fast, dude. It's like, it, it, yeah, some of, talent. Yeah, some I mean, it really is. It, it is extremely funny, but it, that's real talent. Like we all know these guys in our lives that, they just come up with the funniest stuff off the cuff, and you're like, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, so you can yeah. tell you like you're obviously that guy. Um, we I'm all have never... know guys that are like that. We've got our buddies yeah. that are like that, yeah. and it, the way that stuff comes out so fast is what makes it so funny because it's so natural. It's not forced.
1: Right. You know? Yeah. I. I. I've never. I never really see myself as the funniest guy in the group, you, you know what I mean? But I love the banter and I love, you know, giving the guys a hard time. and I love that. That's what I love about hunting probably the most. And that's one of the reasons I fell in love with duck hunting is you always know, in blind with somebody rather than spending four days on your own in the tree stand. But, but back to the, the, the rut thing and my personality, like I, I was the, the youngest of four, And if I was going to be heard, I either had to say it really loud or I I had to be witty, you know? Um, So I guess I have some of that, but I'll tell you, we have a team here that is as easy as it looks, a lot of work goes into what we do. And we've we've, we've got a team here of guys that, that come up with jokes, come up with concepts, come up with how we're going to structure stuff so that if it does come off really well, it's because... Uh, we did the work to put ourselves in that position. You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying oh, thanks, I'm hilarious, because that's not really what it is. It's we've got a team here that executes really well on what we're doing. And the way that it's edited makes it funnier. The way that the camera guy sure. puts it, you know, you know, zooms in at the right time like, and, and sets up the comedic timing properly. There's a lot that goes into that. Like, like, um, you know, if you take a comedian who doesn't just write down and I'll let the jokes and then go perform. It's like a lot of work and revisions and stuff yeah, go into sure. that. And, and we take it, we take it really seriously. We take the, the, the creating of the content as seriously as the adventure to go and, and hunt. And so I'm just glad that people are appreciating and, and enjoying that. Even if it is for, for a certain group of people or a certain type of humor, it seems like a lot of people are enjoying it. So that, that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I was blown away. The first time I saw Rut Daniels video, I bet it was, I bet it was two and a half years ago, and it was Coach Rut Daniels giving <laughs> a locker room speech themed on the inches <laughs> speech, <by> Al Pacino <Alfredo laughs> from any given yeah, Sunday, the inches we need we, everywhere around us. When you said, yeah. bro, when you said. Either we kill today or we hit up that tag soup. I lost it, dude. Like, I said that to all of my buddies, and I was like, yeah. y'all, y'all have to see this. Like, you're not going to believe this guy. Like, this is the funniest thing I have ever seen, man. I absolutely loved it. And I could tell that was kind of like in the earlier years, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and oh my gosh that was so freaking funny to me and that just kept you know seeing more and more and more and uh
1: yeah yeah we had we had better we we had a moment in filming that where we were all dying and every once in a while people say online all the time i don't know how the camera man keeps it together um and and for the most part it's because we're we're very Prepared, but every once in a while there's something that's off the cuff that they're not prepared for, sure. and and I I wasn't prepared, and I just think it's funny, and it and it comes out, and one of those was when I look around, like a game of inches, and of course you think, okay, <laughs> well inches, like inches, well right. everybody, that, you know, retail oh, stores, yes. okay, I look around and i see and i see a 145. Mm-hmm. i want i see a 136 but he's got a heck of a lot of oh, character yeah, right yeah, yeah. and that and split that two's. that was <laughs> yeah 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 split g2s that's exactly <laughs> it and that part of that bit wasn't like wasn't written and wasn't prepared and and the cameraman almost dropped the camera. Oh, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were rolling. And, uh, and the character at that point, you're right, that was probably two and a half years ago. The character was so new, and we hadn't done that. Might have been the second or third video. Like that was, I, I think that was really, really, really odd, if I remember correctly. And um, so it was all hilarious. Not that, it, not that it stops being funny. We still edit these videos and laugh every time. And, you know, even in the editing process, they'll do something ridiculous where they edit one piece into another, it just makes us cry Mm -hmm. cry, laughing. But that was one of those times when we were just howling and Mm we had to stop it all and go back and do things again. But yeah, we just, we had, you know, so much fun of it.
0: Didn't go 20. Waterfowlers across North America, they've fallen in love with that phrase. Where did that one originate?
1: you know what we were doing a turkey hunt and that was an off the cuff that was an off the cuff unplanned comment as well and we were kind of looking for okay is rut going to have a catchphrase and what is rut going to be known for and this was like very early on very like it, we hadn't fully solidified you know where, where we're we going to go with it yet and i was kind of pushing for this keep it out of the wood. Um, that I thought was hilarious because, you know, when you're at, uh, Eastern outdoors or he and and there's all of these holes in the wood and there's, there's a bunch of like field points stuck into the wood around the, around the targets. And so what was always saying, keep it out of wood, keep it out of wood. <laughs> you know, and, and going, and going on and then we were on this turkey hunt and, uh, we are filming it and this, this bird came out and what's hilarious about this turkey hunt is there's things that you can't script and you can't do. Like what, when, when a turkey pitches off and then comes in strutting and does it right in slow motion and everything's perfect, well, that's great, but it's, it's almost better when this bird pitches off and immediately knows something's <laughs> right. wrong and it's, and is putting, and is looking, and he's, like, starting to run away, and, like, doesn't decoy, doesn't hammer, doesn't, like, pitches off and goes, oh, crap, <laughs> you know? And that's <laughs> and that's what happened in this hunt. And so I'm kind of just playing back you, feel like, you know, he pitched up, he knew something, he might, <laughs> started putting, and I just let him have and he didn't go 20, and, like, which I it just kind of came out and I, at the time i thought i i was chucking myself and it was hilarious because it's a turkey and i shot up face <laughs> <laughs> of course it didn't it's very much a whitetail thing where i you know hear guys all the time say he didn't he didn't run 50 yards right mm-hmm. and so he didn't go 20. And I, it just that ended up being something that people grabbed onto, and it wasn't planned it just was a part of the video and then We'll see after videos, you know, if you go through comments, what people like and don't like, and for some reason that, you know, I guess the cream rises to the top and that was the thing that came out of it. And it just became, it just became a thing. It wasn't a, let's have a brainstorming session for, you know, it wasn't that. So, um, I love when that, when that happens, right? Like people tell you what, what works and what doesn't, and we just want to keep creating great content. But if. Hey, that that was a that was a, a gem that that fell in our lap and we were blessed. Yeah, the Lord dropped that one in our lap. So, yeah. yeah Fred,
0: can I put you on the spot? Maybe give us a quick uh, Rut Daniels bit. Maybe like Rut's given a post-hunt interview after a successful honker hunt over the dive bombs in Ontario.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm i'll tell you i'll tell you with what it's never it's never a long speech it's never a long speech but of personality is very much that it. it's like uh if you have a successful woman it's like okay boy she's all over but the girl she's all over but the girl let's get a pick, quick pick you guys want to pick everybody want to pick nobody wants to pick okay well i'm getting a pick and then, you know you get a you get a picture and, it, and it's like okay boys all right well, i've seen enough and then and then it ends up being like um you know, you're cleaning up and that's frustrated that he's got to pick up all of the shells? And nobody wants to do this anymore. You go to a public land spot and there's these, these shells are everywhere. It's brutal. It's brutal. You got to do the work. Nobody wants to do the work anymore. That's what I tell the kids. They want to shoot a bunch of ducks and don't even want to pull up the shells. <laughs> 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 it's just random banter. And then you do that, you know, all day. and then And then you end up getting one minute of great content. Uh, everybody wants to wear the jersey nobody
0: wants to do the wind sprints yes that's it that's it do you ever have days that um you know i know you guys do have a lot of stuff written up and 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 prepared and you practice it and you work on it to execute it properly but do you ever have those days that you are you're just off you're just you just for whatever reason you just don't feel like it's coming off the way that it it had yeah. previously, or you just don't feel like you're executing it or doing it justice.
1: Yeah, I think basically? everybody. Oh yeah, everybody has a bad game, right? Like, sure. you know that um, that slider is just hanging. You know that that twelve to six is just hanging there, and guys are hammering it. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um, you know what happens though that that's difficult is um if rep gets a cold, and like you've got that groggy, like nasally, it's just like. It, it doesn't, it's really, really hard to, 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 you know, sound like yourself. And that makes it, that makes it tough. Yeah. That makes that, that makes it a long day because you're, you're struggling that it's like, <clears throat> you don't even sound like you, you know? And so that, that I would say is one of the worst things. And then the other thing is in doing what we do and doing what you do, the animals need to cooperate. Right. right? So, yep. you know, we're, we're, we're not afraid to show rat missing or show rat shooting one duck because that's hunting, but mm-hmm. it's hard to create hunting content when you, when you never shoot anything. So, yeah, that, that's, that's it too. There's days when we're like, oh, let's try to in the mail, boys. So,
0: that video where you stepped out of that boat and you tried to step on the ice and you fell. Oh, my goodness. How, yeah. how cold was
1: that? Well, I had readers on, so it really was, like it was like cool. it went okay. up to your tits. When you it did. It, to it did. It went, it, it went down my back. It no, did go down my back. It looked like it <laughs> did. I'm going to tell you a story about that one is that I went, um, my wife and I, and our little guy, my wife was nine months pregnant. She was due on January 26th, and this was Christmas. So she got ready to burst we went to my in-laws place and they live on the water and i didn't bring the duck boat i didn't bring my gun i didn't bring everything i was going up there to enjoy the day and we're pulling in down the road and i saw like 200 ducks in the air and i went oh darn it's gonna happen <laughs> so like we got there we drove two hours we got there and like the next day i was driving back two hours to get my boat and then drive back again i was like i have to i have to do this so my wife uh, nine months pregnant, it was minus sixteen oh Celsius. So, so, and it, the wind was howling in off of Lake Ontario. We were just off of Lake Ontario, and there was huge swarms of divers. And it was minus sixteen. My wife came. She put on all my my like. You know, I had like a size large bibs and jacket and she was, you know, trying to get her belly into those because she was ready to pop. And um, I actually brought a heater bodysuit, which is like this almost like sleeping bag for her to stay warm. And we hunted from first light to about one o'clock. And when we put the boat in, I broke the, I had to drive the, the boat on the ice and then it broke through the ice was like so thick. But I had I had to get the boat in. I broke the um, back tail uh, tail light mirrors, uh, the tail lights off the trailer, and I had to stand on the ice and jump to break through, holding onto the motor at the back to get the boat in. And I, I put the boat in. Finally got the boat in, picked her up, and we had a great hunt. It was awesome. Um, I have the, the dive bombs would had like, at one point you couldn't even see the green heads on the, uh, on the mallard, on the mattered floaters. And then I had some, um, I had some of the, uh, the V2 canvas silhouettes the that, that were stuck in like around the shore. Cause it was a little peninsula, like a, a peninsula out into the middle of this big lake off of Lake Ontario. And they were running down this, they're called sandbanks or these sand dunes. Um, and, uh. And so I had some canyons there because there were some honkers around and they had water splashing on them and then freezing. And there was ice from, like, I had to go out like every hour and, and break the ice off of all of these. My poor wife, she, she loved every minute of it. Um, but when we got back, here's the point of the story. Long story short, um, we, we got back and the, the, where I put the boat in, the boat launch was all frozen again to the point that I could walk on it. So that was how cold it was during that hunt. I got back and I could walk on the ice where we'd had, had already broken it. So I got out and I walked, there. I was like, okay, this is good. What I'm gonna do is Beth get the phone, my wife, um, and mostly, most of the time she doesn't do this. We have, we have a team that does this, but it's like, it's like the day after Christmas. Um, so so um, she grabs this cell phone, which is your cell phone, and I'm like, I'm just gonna step up here and I'm gonna walk in. It's gonna be hilarious that I step off the boat and I walk across the ice to shore because who does, who hunts in those conditions, right. right? And normally I don't, I don't wear, I wear like blue jeans, like most of the time. And, but it was so darn cold. I was wearing my bibs and I stepped out and went bam, straight through <laughs> up to like, yes, up to like mid chest and it did go down my back. And it was just, uh, I was like, you know, that big gas oh, where like man. you can't breathe. Oh my goodness! So we were howling, and then, and then I had to, I had to break through a considerable amount of ice to continue to get in, and I kept falling through because. I couldn't break it with a paddle or with my leg. I had to stand on it until it would break and then I'd fall through and grab the boat. And then I had to get up. It was a it was a nightmare. But that's a hunt, but I mean, it was it was so much fun. It's like you know, when I'm deer hunting and I'm in a ground and I'm in a ground ladder and I'm in a tree stand, and the conditions are awful, I'm like, What am I doing? Like I need to get out of here and then but it's for some reason it's pouring rain or it's completely freezing and the wind's blowing. When I'm duck hunting, it's like that's what is it's about right yeah. there. Right. i don't know why i don't know i don't know why but right always says there's no such thing as bad conditions there's only soft socks <laughs> <laughs> was that the Sorry. same
0: video that you made that shot where they're coming mm-hmm. from around the tree and you go off at the backside, dude i don't know how far that bird was but on the camera dude it looked deep And everybody was like, (laughs) dude, ruck and shoot. It was deep. They like skirted that point on that island Mm -hmm. and they kind of turned out away from you. And it was like one shot. Didn't like Salem. It was like boom, stone cold. And everybody was like, whoa, okay. Like that caught as many people's attention as the funny stuff in the video. They're like, holy crap. Like that was
1: deep. Yeah, I don't know how, how deep that would have been, but I, I've taken a few that that have been deep in my day, and that was that was one of them. It was fun to catch it on on film, but that was right in the tail feathers too. And then so people said on that video, they're like, "Oh, there's no way he's shooting steel." And the irony is, like, I was I was the same day I was shooting divers like fast, so I was just shooting steel with like a modified choke mm-hmm. like i wasn't using like an extra full or anything like that like, like it just i don't know one you know one pellet caught him right in the back of the neck and it folded <laughs> that, was, awesome. that was that was it so every once in a while a blind a blind squirrel finds a nut you know <laughs> kind of going back you said
0: that people had said oh there's no way he's shooting still shooting what do you think about <clears throat> when you see the comments of you know, we make a post or you make a post or YouTube and you see the people that are like, I don't like him or, oh, he's not my style. Or, oh, he's not funny. What do you, how do you take that? Um,
1: I been, you know what, I've, I've been overwhelmed with how positive it has been because I knew when we started that this wasn't going to be everybody's taste. Sure. And so I've been shocked at how many people uh really enjoy it like for for example like people that you wouldn't think would enjoy it and um one of those is um like eric trump was on our podcast with with um Mm jay cutler and he was talking about um you know he said don jr and i always say that you know we're more like what that you know than we are like the the guy like the moguls in new york city sure i was like what what (laughs) you know and so it, that's that's been shocking. But to the comments, to the comments part, um, I don't think that you can tell a joke without somebody uh, not liking it. Right. So so the trade off of being funny is that you have to deal with the fact that some people don't think you're funny, or else you never tell a joke. Sure. So so I think we came into it saying this isn't going to be for everybody and that's either got to be okay or you make something that's just blah that nobody really identifies with Mm -hmm. so um i don't don't know it doesn't it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me if somebody doesn't like it and i never i never
0: yeah yeah
1: we never comment back by any means but it's like well it's it's not for you but it is for somebody else so i'll make it for somebody else you know
0: Kind of the same but way with God bomb. That's the way we are. You know, people say, Oh, I don't right. I don't like God bomb. I don't like this. I don't it's like, Well, fair enough. Um, but there there's a lot of people that do like it and that are for it. Yeah. And we're gonna keep doing the best we can for those and if you don't like it then you know, maybe you'll find a yeah. brand that yeah, you like and you can latch on to. So, you know, for, for a while when I started, I, I thought you could please everybody. You know, I thought you always kind mm-hmm. of push the right buttons and, and make everybody happy. And the longer I did it, the more I realized, I mean, all you can do is the best you can do for, uh, you know, your supporters and the people that are following you and that, that want you to do well. But, you know, if people just generally don't like you or they don't like what you're about or what you stand for or what you look like. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You can't change. That's like um, a conservative and a liberal fighting. You can fight back and forth with your family at Thanksgiving or Christmas all you want. But all you did <laughs> is just create a miserable Thanksgiving really? or Christmas for everybody. You didn't change anybody's mind. Like you didn't. Right. Nobody left right. us at all. You know what? He was right. Like, I, I need to change. Like, that ain't going to yeah, happen. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, I just say, hey, man, we're going to do the best we can for uh, for those that are, uh, you know, watching and following Sport and Dive Bomb. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah. if you don't like it, then we respect that, that, that maybe we're not for you. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm I, right there with you.
1: Somebody summed it up real nice, and I can't remember who it was, the quote or my friend had told me or whatever, but I'll, I'll never forget it. They said, you can't make everybody happy. Even Jesus couldn't do that. It's like right. Some people just want to be miserable. Right. So so there's that and then also like you just have to look at it like like there's this team of people that were uh, you know, or a group of people consider it a team that, that we're making it for, and it's not everybody. And it's just like, you know, um, like Austin Matthews in Toronto isn't trying to make the Chicago Blackhawks fans happy. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just trying to win games and make the Toronto sure. fans happy. That's so right. if you look at it that way, it's like, well, I'm not making it for that guy that doesn't think he's – that doesn't think he's – that's funny. Sure. That's it. That's right. So he's probably a Chicago fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dob Bombsillos had – you ever hunted – over silo's much in the past um what do you think about him do you like them do you what has your experience been with with silo
1: decoys Uh, Previous to dive bomb, not, not a lot. Um, And that was a barrier to entry for me into like having good, good waterfowl hunts, particularly the, the, um, the Canada hunts up in, um, up in Ottawa. And so I, I was very fortunate enough to have, you know, I had a couple of dozen full bodies, had buddies that had trailers of 10, 12, 15 dozen decoys, and we'd have some good hunts. But when I went out with a few of my friends, we would struggle. And, um, the first time I think I was introduced to Silhouettes, I believe it was with Luke Schroeder's at Windfeather mm-hmm. and, um, and he did a combo of Silhouettes and Full bodies, I believe. And, um, and I was introduced to him and he, he told me about the movement, um, with, you know, with, with birds circling, sure. you know, and that hadn't occurred to me, right? I just, when I had, of course I had heard of Silhouettes, but I hadn't given it much, much thought at that time, this was years ago. Um but uh but it made it made a ton of sense to me. We had awesome hunts. And I'll tell you now, um you can't like I mean I, I just came back from St. Lawrence Outfitters on the weekend we had a snow goose hunt and we had a full we had a full setup of um well oh, there was a there's a few full bodies in there, but mostly um the, the one spot we hunted was we, we were putting out socks and, and um and silhouettes for, for the snows. And, you know, you go to like Wing went right there and, the, the, you know, we'll do exclusively um, silhouettes for Canada's and then we'll hunt small little patches of water in the middle of a cut cornfield with, you know, some mallard floaters and then mallard and Canada silhouettes and absolutely smash them. And so it's like, how do I like them? I think they're awesome because even at home i can throw them in the boat i can throw them you know i'll, I'll line the shore in some areas with like i said with some some canadas to make even the mallards feel a little more comfortable we we'll get a lot of mixed bags so we'll have canadas even if they're not landing them in, right on shore they'll come close enough where you can reach out and touch them um and then um yeah and, and i'll tell you one i'm impressed with all the parts and i, and I love using them especially the fact that I can throw you know ten, fifteen dozen in the back of my truck and drive into a cut cornfield and smash. I, I love that. Um, but I was really, really impressed with the movement on the Mallard floaters. Like I, they are a fantastic product that you guys should be really proud of. The, the detail on them, they're beautiful looking. But what shocked me was was how well they move. And that was yeah, I, I, I love those I, and. I'm excited to get some more, but yeah, yeah they're, they're a great product. Absolutely.
0: Does it get cold out there hunting in those blue jeans? Oh,
1: yes. It's awful. <laughs> um, I remember one time, um, yeah, I, I hunt in, oh, in those blue jeans. jeans right up t- those I, yeah. Yeah. But, um, I remember one time I went out with, um, with, uh, my buddy here and it was minus, it was minus fifteen or twenty, and then there was like a twenty-five mile-an-hour wind, and we had to break ice to put the boat in. And I, and then I just you know got the blue jeans, and that was the, the most miserable. Like like we'd be like we were sky just to warm our hands on our barrels. <laughs> you know, you're like buddy, you are never gonna hit those. You're holding your gun. You're like, I know. <laughs> oh, so, but yeah, yeah. There's a couple hunts when I it's just been awful, awful. But um but yeah it makes back and right i'll tell you that absolutely i'll tell
0: you that no yeah what are your plans i don't want to say your plans y'all's plans for rut Daniels moving forward into 2022 and beyond i gotta ask you that before i let you run you got anything yeah. fun come in or that we should be looking out for or
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we with with both catch and beers and rep Daniels, we're really excited about what we what we have planned on the catch and deer side. We've got a lot more duck stuff coming in this uh this fall. And we've got some really great um waterfowl products uh with old school camel hats and some some great uh new graphics and stuff and we're leaning in a little more on the waterfowl stuff. So we're um really excited about the offering that we have there with catching deers and, and catching and ducks. Um, and broadening, just continuing to broaden and, and go deeper on our product line for the lifestyle apparel, and then um, on RUT, <clears throat> we started out with kind of the one one minute videos. We call them RUT weekly. We do fifty two of those a year on on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and then we're doing 12 episodes a year right now that are longer format hunt and they're still very much wrapped but they're they're up to kind of 10 minutes and those are more in-depth hunts so we're going to continue to do that this fall but we're going to broaden into some different types of of hunting content and we're uh, we haven't announced anything of that yet, but we want to do more Rep Daniels in different places, and so you can take some guesses on where that might be, but we just want to continue to bring great hunts and a light, you know, and, and a, a light feeling to, to that space. We've got a, a retail um yeah, a tour that we're we're planning with yet where we're going to go and do events, like big big events at um, at some of our retail partners for catching beers in the states, and so that's an opportunity for that, that because of COVID and because of travel restrictions and border issues us being in Canada. It's been really challenging, so I am really looking forward to having the opportunity to interact with with people in person a lot more because that's that's a lot of fun, and so we want to focus on you know how how can we shake hands and make people laugh in person and and tell stories and things like that as well because you know we've gone from the one minute videos, but we want to really engage on a, on a different level with um, with our uh, with you know with our. our fans and friends and hunting buddies and everything so i, I don't know what to call you know our, our followers it feels weird saying fans but like our you know our extended hunting community that, that we do the, do this with together right so um but yeah we're, we're excited just to do just to do more and we've got the red daniel's Apparel and stuff that's started as well you know that didn't go funny hats and and t-shirts and, and stuff like that so Yeah, we're we're really excited. I'm not sharing much. I I don't want to go into exactly what the plan is, but we're very we're very excited, and we're excited to do it together with our partners. um, You know, that 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 make it possible. Partners like Dive Bomb. Um, In terms of the schedule. We've got lots of great waterfowl hunts, lots, a couple of great whitetail hunts. I'm doing turkey here in Kentucky starting, you know, in a couple of weeks it, it opens there, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ontario. And actually we have um, tentatively planned, it's penciled into the calendar, a hunt together that I am fired up about with uh, with, with Ben out, yep. in, uh, out, out west. So um, I had heard through the great plan that you were thinking about going to that, um, so that would be That'll be, uh, yeah, that'll sure. be one that, that I'm, I'm really excited for. Absolutely.
0: So. Well, bud, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I really, really enjoyed this one. I know our, our listeners will too. The fun you guys have brought to the hunting community has been, been great. And it's been a blast to follow. Well, thank I, you. I hope we can, hope we can catch up sometime and, and, uh, get together on a ton- hunt. I know it would
1: be a, a great time. Mm-hmm. yeah well thank you for having me I, i've been wanting to join the guys on the squad cast for a long time so thank you thank you for having me as a guest it, it means a lot and i've enjoyed our, our conversation so until you meet in the blind
0: yes sir well I'm, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's been a long day you're ready to get home to the kids man i will yeah. let you run but I, I appreciate it so much and we'll uh we'll talk soon my friend thanks asher okay thanks man see ya all right, there it is, Bud Fisher, Mister Rut Daniels, man, what a freaking hilarious character they have created there, and man, the way the stuff flies off of his tongue is—it's impressive. It really is. Those one-liners are just too funny. Even just hearing him there um, on that podcast, once he gets going and sped up, man, it just rolls. So freaking hilarious. As always, say, make sure you're following all of our social media outlets, uh, YouTube especially. Got off season videos coming there. Got a lot of fun and exciting things coming from Dive Bomb Industries, new products coming over the course of the spring and summer. And uh, if you don't have your calendars marked for Squad Fest, make sure you got them marked. That's July 15th and 16th. So make sure you've you've got those blocked out. Come and see us. It's going to be an absolute blast, bigger and better. Last year was amazing. This year's going to be even better. Appreciate you so much spending a little bit of your time with us today. Until next time, y'all be good. Thank you for listening to the Dog Bombs Podcast.